Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. Hey, I am live coming to you from the beautiful Fairmont in Washington, D.C. And it is so exciting to be at our nation's capital and be able to connect with my great friends in Pittsburgh. So, hey, I have to say it. I have to. <laughs> Ready? Pittsburgh's going to the, the Super Bowl. All oh, my friends. <laughs> Yay! Baltimore Raven fans, New York Jets. Sorry. <laughs> I just had to say it. So, welcome to the show. We have today Dave Myers, who is the Director of Global Product Marketing and Sleep Therapy from Phillips Respironics, uh, good friend of mine, Jerry McGinnis and Karen Colbert, Regional Director of Communications for Western Pennsylvania, home of the Pittsburgh Steelers for the American Heart Association. So, Dave and Karen, it is a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yes, also, it's our pleasure. Well, Dave, I'm going to start with you because... Just so you all know, I heard him speak, and he just rocked me when I heard him speak. Never forgot him. Um, and, Dave, I thought maybe you could start by telling our listeners how you became involved with the American Heart Association. Yeah, thanks, Joyce. I hear that a lot where people can never forget what I say, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, I probably good. have a few associates here that might want to add a couple comments into that. But uh no, uh, I assume that I got involved with the American Heart Association the uh, same way that most people get involved with it, and that is through uh, personal-type connections. Um, there's uh, been a, a family history of mine, and I, I unfortunately watched uh, several uh, relatives of mine pass away from uh, severe heart attacks, and others get disabled by stroke. So um, that kind of got me involved in, in the Heart Association, and and then, uh, unfortunately, being a young man in my early, early 30s, it even hit even uh, closer to home uh, when I uh, had a mild heart attack and uh, went on to have a stent put into uh, one of my coronary arteries. So at that point, you know, um, I kind of uh, have a clinical background, so I knew a lot about this type of disorder, but uh, I was pretty happy to be alive at that point and reached out. Uh, actually, I say the Heart Association reached out to me with support that they had done in the past, and I did like most people. Uh, I kind of did a little local support with the, you know, fundraising for the for the local neighborhood or for my family, that sort of stuff. But didn't really get uh, significantly involved uh, with the Heart Association here until uh, just recently. I'll say two years ago, uh, Phillips Respironics um, 
uh, is a company about health and well-being, and they uh, decided to go ahead and make a big investment in the American Heart Association and be a corporate sponsor for their uh, Start Heart Walk program. And uh, we were a recent acquisition of Philips here in Pittsburgh, and so uh, when they became a corporate sponsor for the Pittsburgh Start Heart Walk, uh, they kind of looked for some volunteers to step up and lead Team Phillips. And uh, I tend to be pretty vocal, so people knew about my history. And and uh, one thing led to another, and they reached out to me, and I took the opportunity to uh, step up and, and start organizing a team within our Phillips Respironics Associates here in the western Pennsylvania area, uh, working with uh, the Heart Association and Amy and uh, put a team together, and I had a lot of fun raising a lot of money for the Heart Association. Would you not say, Dave, that probably a lot of people do not uh, think of someone your age having a heart attack? Uh, I can say I didn't think of that. No. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I watched uh, some relatives, and I'd say, boy, they were pretty young. They were in their 50s uh, when they had some suffered some you know massive strokes and, and heart attacks, and and it was kind of weird. I was the youngest of six in my family, and they were all on my on my mother's side. So none of my brothers or sisters, none of my direct siblings, or even any of my cousins. And I'll just say I was one of the younger cousins of of all these folks that unfortunately had the significant heart disease. Uh, I had some cholesterol issues, and you know I, I'll say I was a pretty type A, you know, obsessive compulsive kind of person. Uh, but I never ever thought that. Um, at 34 years old, that I'd be the one uh, laying on the cath lab, uh, getting a stent put into my chest. So I was pretty fortunate because uh, I had a blockage in the left anterior descending coronary artery, which uh, is well known to be called the widow maker, because uh, when you happen to be uh, young in your 30s, uh, the outcomes of, of a heart attack aren't very positive uh, due to the fact that a lot of people don't have any collateral circulation. So when that uh, vessel blocks off, it uh, tends to be catastrophic so uh, fortunately because I do have some background and even I had a struggle to determine recognize the signs and symptoms but I was having some you know chest tightness and and uh, some, some some sweats and you know just a little numbness but you know I thought it was all through stress and anxiety uh, and it kind of came and went came and went and finally I did something about it and and uh, went on to find out that uh, I had uh, significant blockage and, you know, to our listeners throughout the world, many of you forget that this is a disability. And, for example, one of my very first employees, Tony DeMace, had, when I met him, was telling me how he could not gain employment. And that is because if you looked at his resume, you would see these gaps of employment. That is because he had nine heart attacks. Well, I hired him. And he became one of our top employees, a great, great person. But sadly, he did pass away. We were so devastated because I had just started Bender Consulting Services. And <clears throat> here's what we did. We created an award. And every year at the Bender Family Picnic, the employees have voted on someone that has displayed an incredible attitude, and they received the Tony DeMace Award because, you know, that was, what, 13 years ago? And we want to ha have a way of remembering uh, Tony. But many people do have problems with employment, as you might guess, when they go through this. Mm -hmm. um, and, Dave, now, are you planning on continuing to educate others about heart disease and heart attacks with the American Heart Association? Uh, um, definitely. I, I said it was kind of a... 
uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in things happen for reasons, and uh, uh, the fact that uh, the recent acquisition and, and Respironics has always been uh, a support of the Heart Association, but we had done more local stuff here, and, and I'll say on a little bit of a smaller scale with, with the Heart Walks, and I, I just, you know, never reached out to that, so when this opportunity came, I'm like, hey, this this is my time. And uh, I enjoy, you know, rallying people around to carry a story. But the other thing is, is a little bit about Phillips Respironics is, Joyce, I know you know here as a, as a local uh, person that it's about obstructive sleep apnea. And one of the things about I've been with this company for 16 years uh, in both clinical cells and, and marketing roles, and there are significant uh, comorbidities associated with obstructive sleep apnea, such as cardiovascular disease. So through my job, I have the opportunity of educating people um, that have obstructive sleep apnea and the link to heart disease and also people with heart disease to realize that they have, may have an underlying problem there uh, uh, adding to their, their problems and their complications. So, And the other part is, is, is I kid around is I do tell my story um, uh, to anybody that wants to hear it, uh, and I've traveled all around the world. So uh, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of people hear my story. And it is shocking to them when, when you have to tell them that uh, I had a coronary artery you know, blockage when I was 34 years old and, and uh, had a stent put in. And when they see me, uh, for those listeners out there that can't see me, I've never been uh, a high blood pressure patient. I've never been, what I'll say, obese. Um, uh, Six foot, 190 pound person, and that's what I was when I had the uh, the heart attack. So uh, it can happen to anybody. It's not the old person that's overweight with all kind of other problems. It can be anybody. So um, sharing that story with others kind of, I think sometimes when you personalize it, it matters more to them, and it helps them, you know, think about the impact that it had on my life and what would that mean to them. Uh, so. So I, I try to educate through my job, through you know associations, through just conversation that you end up having with people uh, about how I'll say it was a blessing in my life. Well, you know what I think of you, Dave. I think you are a national champion. <laughs> I do because many people have things happen to them that you know aren't pleasant things, right. traumatic, but very few turn that into lemonade. And what you are doing is probably the greatest thing any human being could do, and that is save lives. I agree. So, you. you know, to me, you are a champion. And you're right what you said about uh, personal things happening. As all my listeners know, I have epilepsy, and I almost lost my life, you know, when I had a terrible accident. And, you know, here I am today, the chairman of the National Board of the Epilepsy Foundation, and this is what I always say. I wish it wouldn't take something like that that happens to us, you know, to really get it, but it does. You're, you're right. Uh, that, you know, I, I, I'm sure all of us have heard a story uh, like mine, and, and you sit there and say, well, too bad for him. You know, I've, that, that's not going to happen to me. And, and uh I was that person also, so you're right, Joyce. It's it's a shame that it has to get this way. It's a shame that you have to have uh, something that serious of an impact in your life for you to, you know, as I always say, take a step back, you know, take a step back and, and think about it and uh, realize how things could be better if you just put a little effort into it and, and think about what you do every day. So, um, as I said, I, I kid with everybody. I say it was the best day of my life. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, A, I didn't die. Uh, when statistics say I should have, 
and uh, it you know, it was that wake-up call that, that I needed at that particular time, um, and it gave me the opportunity to improve some things. Now, we're all not well, – I'm not perfect, and, and again, we all uh, – as the human you know, mind is a healer, is, you know, sometimes you forget about how serious of your uh, issue is, and, and you slack off from time to time, and uh, you have to snap yourself back into place to realize that a healthy living uh, takes effort and – and uh, you got to put that effort in and, and commit yourself to the right things to to live live a healthy life. Well, as I said, I think you are awesome. And, and again, many things happen in life, but I want to tell you what: when you give back, oh, it is such a blessing, and it makes such a difference. And actually, in behalf of all Americans living with all disabilities, you are our type of person, Dave. And with that, we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, you are in for a treat today because we have Dave Myers, Director of Global Product Marketing and Sleep Therapy from Phillips Respironics, and Karen Colbert, Regional Director of Communications for the American Heart Association of Western Pennsylvania. We will be right back. You are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Spender. 
Okay, welcome back to the show. And before I move on, you know, first, I want to say greetings to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, Bender Lead On Team is moving. And then a message to all people with disabilities. As you know, I'm on a crusade to find employment for Americans with disabilities. And I just want to mention the federal government has many, many opportunities. So if you're listening to the show, seeking employment, or if you know of someone, make sure you get in touch with Bender at jbender at benderconsult.com or resume, resume sent to benderconsult.com. Don't just call. That's what I mean. Go to www.benderconsult.com and read more. But right now, I want to get back to these fabulous guests we have, Dave Myers and Karen Colbert from Respironics and the American Heart Association. Karen, it is a treat to have you with us. As you know, Bender has partnered with American Heart Association for quite a while, but I think it would be good for our listeners to talk about the American Heart Association and really what you're all about. Thank you so much, Joyce, and we are thrilled that you are partners with us. And I, before I begin, I just wanted to um, tell you that Dave is, it's, it's the volunteers like Dave that are the backbone of our organization. I mean, he shares his story. And again, to look at him and to, 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 to look at him. I mean, again, like he said, he's not, he's not overweight. He, he's a strong, tall young man. And, you know, seeing him tell the story really resonates with people and it makes them think, okay, um, I, I might want to check that because, you know, that could be me. So I have another story that I can share with you. But uh, quickly, the American Heart Association, our mission is building healthier lives free of cardiovascular diseases and stroke. And last year, about this time in January, the American Heart Association launched its 2020 impact goal, and that is to improve the cardiovascular health of all Americans by the year by 20% while reducing deaths from cardiovascular disease and stroke by 20%. And with this new 10-year goal, we will expand um, our focus to not only help people manage their risk factors and diseases, but to also promote cardiovascular health throughout important lifestyle uh, modifications. So it's really important, and I talk to doctors all the time, it's really important to, to pay attention before you start to feel sick, you know, before you, you have this crushing pain within your chest. Some of the work that we do, and um, please feel free to jump in any time, but some of the extra, we, we have an extraordinary impact through our wide range of life-saving activities from improving patient care um, we're improving the quality of health care by creating best practices for treating heart disease and stroke. For example, we have our Get With the Guidelines hospital-based quality improvement program, which helps heart and stroke patients get the very best treatment consistently, um, advocating for better health. Um, we have the uh, You Are the Cure and uh, the clean air legislation and making AEDs mandatory in public uh, buildings. Uh, our work helps us reach out into the populations most at risk. Um, protecting the future, childhood obesity. We've all heard um, about childhood obesity and um, 
it's just, it's alarming. Nearly one in three children and teens in the United States is overweight and obese. Um, as a result, wait, more wait, kids wait. One more than three? ever before Excuse me. developing did you say, the... Karen, did you say one in three? One in three. Oh, that's one terrible. One in three. Terrible. And, you know, and it's just, it's just, I have teenage girls, and it's just, it's just amazing to me that these doctors are telling us um, that they see these children, teenagers, coming into their emergency rooms with um, elevated blood pressure, cholesterol, um, type 2 diabetes. These are diseases that people, you know, older adults would typically have, but our, our younger generation is getting this, so we really need to focus on that. And uh, just to wrap up this point, a couple of ways that we're doing this nationally is that we are working in the schools with our youth markets division. Um, you may have heard of the Jump Rope for Hearts and Hoops for Hearts program, and we have partnered with the National Football League um, educating uh, the, the schools through a curriculum-based program um, called Play 60 Challenge. So those are just some of the ways that we're out there trying to promote good, uh, good health. Well, you know what? Here, you know, isn't it amazing that people really are not that educated about heart disease? For example, many women just live in total fear of cancer. Yet they do not know more women die from heart disease. Why do you think that is, Karen? Well, you know, I was at a women's show a couple of years ago, and I was in the, the, the ladies' room with a woman who just couldn't believe what we were saying at our table. And, you know, she was saying that, you know, the American Heart Association is saying that, you know, heart disease uh, kills more women. And she said, no, it's breast cancer. And I said, you know what? Honestly, it's not, and we don't want to be number one, but, but heart disease is the number one killer of all Americans. Um, 81.1 million adults live with some type of cardiovascular disease. And to go back to your point about women, Joyce, um, more women die of heart disease than the next four causes of death combined, including all forms of cancer. And it's because... When we talk to, you know, our experts and volunteers and, and, and people, and I certainly don't have a medical background, but when you, when you see somebody with a disability, it, it's, it's visual. With heart disease, it's internal. And you don't necessarily, kind of going back to Dave, you don't, you look at Dave and it's like, well, he can't, he's a healthy man. So that's one of the things I think. Yeah, I think and when they think of cancer, they hear all these horror stories, you know, about the chemo and the radiation and, you know, people dying. But for some reason, they're not thinking, yeah, that yeah. is horrible. Don't get me wrong. It is horrible. It is. And like I said, we don't want to be number one, but unfortunately but we, we are. are number one. Yeah. Right. And right. It, is, it is a deadly thing. I mean, you do have to be educated. And, you know, one question I have for you, uh, Karen, which came from a listener, because we are live also on Facebook and Twitter, um, and we receive questions ahead of time for the radio show. One of the questions is this. Um, do you think that the incredible craze in the United States for fast food contributes to this problem? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
there are there's so many studies, and I I, I don't want to miss misspeak, but to answer your question, yes, absolutely. Um, it's unfortunate, and I said if I ever won the lottery, I would absolutely uh, create a fast food health healthy you know, food type of thing because, you know, unfortunately we are, we live in a society where everything is quick. We got to do everything quick. We have, we're balancing a trillion things and it's, it's, it takes a while to go home and prepare a healthy meal. And it's so quick to just go through a drive through And unfortunately, and, and some of the, the fast food outlets are really trying, some of the um, restaurants are really trying to provide healthy choices, but, um, it, it's something that is a concern, and, and we are certainly on top of it, or at least trying to be. <laughs> yeah, because sadly, it seems as if in a lot of poverty areas, mm-hmm. you know, this is really big. And, and, you know, I just want to explain to everyone, there are other things that are not expensive that you can obtain at the grocery store, such as vegetables and produce and fruit and uh, legumes, you know, beans, things like this. But this nonstop eating of the wrong thing is only leading to people dying. Yeah. I mean, we really uh, have to do something about this, not to mention smoking. Well, yeah, and then the fast food, Joyce, is certainly contributing to our um, huge epidemic of childhood obesity. You don't know how many people I know that have a heart attack, and the first thing I say is, did you smoke? Did they smoke? Yeah. So, you know, all of these things, you can have, what I'm saying is you can have some control. Now, there are people with, as Dave, with, you know, genetic situations where it can happen no matter what. But still, if Dave tomorrow started not caring about his health, he'd have a problem all over again. Right. That's one, that's a key point, Joyce, when uh, I became the lead here for, for Phillips Respironics with our team, what, what I did was when I went out to recruit recruit our employees, we do quarterly all employee meetings where we you know give up our financial results and key projects we're working on and and uh, our leadership of course allows me time to present on the heart association and the heart walk and i I make it personal and I put those statistics out there and all the things you just said smoking, uncontrolled high blood pressure, obesity, inactivity if you go down through the list. About the only one that isn't controllable with a change of lifestyle or just a better uh, focus on taking care of yourself is the heredity issue. And heredity is the statistics are very high that if you have family history uh, of heart disease, uh, your likelihoods uh, of risk magnify. Uh, But what that does mean is you need to be a little bit more aware of it. You need to get simple blood tests. You need to make sure you eat the right things. And you can do a lot of things to uh, reduce your, your risk. But the lion's share of the things that are leading to the cause of these problems are controllable uh, with lifestyle changes. It's it's not uh, a disease where you can't do anything about it. So that's one thing that I drove home in front of all of our employees is uh, first thing I asked them is how many of them have lost a loved one due to heart disease or stroke. And uh, obviously the numbers are extremely high. And then I said how many people know somebody that had one. And by the time I answered, asked those two questions, I probably had a hand up from every single employee that we had, and then I went down through the things that you can do to prevent it. So um, definitely preventable things out there, and, and I know I, I get upset with our schools and different people like that when I see the amount of activity that they're providing to the children. Um, 
it's there's a lot of things that we can do to improve uh and controlling you know obesity is only one of them right well karen there's an ev- and I agree with you dave Karen there's an event coming up that I feel really strong about, and that is the heart ball in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I thought maybe you could take a few minutes to talk about that. Sure. Um, The Heart Ball is a celebration of the work and mission of the American Heart Association. Um, We use this uh, black tie affair to to celebrate the donors, to celebrate the volunteers, and most importantly, the thousands of lives that we've saved and improved because of the community support and and contribution. and we joke internally by saying that it's so much more than a fancy black tie affair. Heart Balls are one of our most prestigious fundraising events. It allows us to, to fund over $123 million, $123 million wow. of research and programs across the country and right here in our community. Um, just it's, Pittsburgh is one of eight Heart Balls that will take place in western Pennsylvania and uh, the majority of them occur in February, which just happens to be American Heart Month as well. So, and, and what I wanted to, to let the, the listeners know that if they'd like more information or would like, you know, tickets or sponsor a table, um, they can go to heart.org, and that will automatically populate the area, so you would go directly to the heart ball in your area for additional information. Again, that's heart.org. Okay, and you were telling how much money is raised. Um, Are there, uh, you know, how soon do people have to get involved with this? Like, do you still have have tables available is what I mean. Is that what you asked? I'm sorry, Joyce. Yes, do you still have, sorry, do you still have tables available? Oh, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, in some of the areas, um, again, if, if the heart bolt, for example, for Pittsburgh, there are still tickets available. Um, it's an, uh, an Asian theme for the heart ball in Pittsburgh. It's good fortune, good health. Um, we expect about a thousand people. Um, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful event. Um, the ticket prices are a little steep. But again, it's it's all for research and education, and it's it's just a great time to to acknowledge and and salute these brilliant minds that you know provide the research and 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 the technology technology advances and that are made in the fight of heart disease and stroke. And you know, yeah, going and back you, to donating you get- um, donating to the American Heart Association. Um, I just wanted to share that we have 41 research projects valued at $6.2 million right here in Allegheny County. So for every dollar that we raise to go back into uh, stroke and and heart disease research. And and that's just phenomenal. I mean, we live in such a a wonderful wonderful community with wonderful – um, medical institutions. We're just we're really lucky here in Western Pennsylvania. Yes, we are. We are lucky, and and I appreciate everything you do. And you know, when you're thinking about making this contribution, think this: you're not just going, you're not giving money just to go to a ball. You're right. giving money to help save lives. 
That, that's the way you have to think about it. Absolutely. And we go, we've gone for years, it's fantastic, it's great, it's a lot of fun, it's educational, and anyone listening to the show in Pittsburgh, I would really encourage you to attend. So one more time, how do they get in touch with you? They, you know, they can actually call me directly, and I would certainly um, direct them to the right uh, area. Uh, my number is 412-702-1125, or they can go online to heart, H-E-A-R-T, dot org, and uh, keyword is heartball. Okay. Well, we, I expect to see you there. I'll be looking for you. So, Dave, I just want to tell you something. As we already mentioned, I was overwhelmed by your speech that when I was there at that event. And I've wondered, have you ever considered speaking at conferences or speaking nationally about this? Uh, thanks for the kind words again, Joyce. And, and uh, I, I have not considered speaking specifically on this topic. As, as I had mentioned to you, my background is I'm a, a respiratory therapist, so I, I was in the clinical realm. And then I went into education. Then I went into clinical back here with the manufacturing side under respironics. Then I was in sales, and now I'm in marketing. So I do have a lot of opportunities to get out in front of conferences and speak um, and, again, there is, like I said, such a strong link between uh, cardiovascular disease and obstructive sleep apnea, so I do have some, you know, communications and discussions about that. But um, I have not considered speaking nationally on the Heart Association, but uh, I guess what I'd say, if there was an opportunity there, I would definitely consider it. Um, as I kid with Amy, uh, who, who was our uh, uh, heart uh, walk director for the Pittsburgh Heart Walk here representing and, and supporting uh, Philips Respironics, uh, I, I tend to say no a lot because uh, uh, it, it, it does touch home and get emotional. And uh, I say I hate to be that guy standing up there sobbing in front of everybody versus uh, carrying a good message. So uh, it was a struggle to get through, uh, and not only for my you know the impact it had on me personally, uh, but my family, uh, and also uh, the excitement I get uh, looking out in the audience and seeing uh, all those people that were on my team, you know, that that just worked so hard for this cause for us to be able to deliver upon our goals and, and raise the money that we raised here for Team Phillips. So uh, those guys work really hard, and, and uh, it's a lot of fun working with them. Yeah, and Dave, you know, I know that when I had my accident, you know, here I am, I'm at a movie theater, I go to get a Diet Coke, and I have a seizure and hit the floor so hard, I fractured my skull and had a brain hemorrhage and ended up having brain surgery. And when I wake up, um, I had had these fainting spells before, but they were misdiagnosed. So now I know, yes, you do have epilepsy and you had it. That's what caused the accident. Um, but, of course, not only did it cause me to want to give back, I have to say it totally changed you know, how I mm-hmm. thought about everything. And I was just wondering, did you have that same thing happen to you? Oh, it's uh, no no doubt. Like I said, I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I say it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And everybody's like, well, how can you say that? I mean, I'm like, hey, uh, I probably wouldn't be here today if I didn't have that episode, recognize the signs, and, and get the appropriate treatment. And, you know, when I get nervous, I also try to crack jokes. So I can still remember today walking into to the cath lab. And, you know, as I said, I was 34 years old at the time and 
half the people working in the cath lab were, you know, my age or older, and they're all like, what are you doing in here? And I said, well, you know, I haven't been getting a whole lot of attention lately, and I thought I'd just pretend that I was having a heart attack to see if I can get somebody to you know, pay attention to me and <laughs> joking, you know. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, the, the doctor's sitting there and saying, well, we're going to have to do bypass on you, Dave. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, first off, I said, I'm shaking, and it's not because I'm cold, so give me a little more of that sedation so I can calm my nerves and let's have a discussion. So knock on wood, uh, they were able to put a stent in, and here it is, 10 years, uh, it was 10 years, January 8th. Um, uh, I'm still here, but what it, what it did focus me to do is uh, I, I am a strong type A, obsessive, compulsive, always worried about what I could have done better or how could I improve things. If I lost a cell, I would overanalyze why did I lose a cell and how am I going to do it much better. And I never really focused on celebrating the successes I had. You know, I was in sales for eight and a half years. I made plan every year. It's a difficult thing to do. But all I was always worried about is that next cell and how I'm going to be better and how I'm going to move my, my professional career. So what this allowed me to do is take a step back and, and reevaluate and realize that there's a lot of successes I should have been celebrating in my professional and personal uh, family life, not just worrying about how am I going to get better. So my new motto is, is you know, don't dwell on a ne- don't dwell on a negative. Things are always good. Um, put a smile on your face, and those around you are going to smile. And you know, think about you know, as I said, I analyzed my life that that week right after the event, and I said, you know what, there's probably 40 percent or more of my time and probably your time, Joyce, and probably any, your time, Karen, and everybody out there listening, that you spend 40% of your day worrying about something that you have no control over, that you've got to wait for somebody else to do something before you can do anything, or, or you can't change somebody's personality or, or, or opinion. And if you just assess that 40% that you're wasting your time on, take that back, take charge of that 40% and reallocate it. Uh, I feel what I did is I took that 40% and I took a good 20 to 25% for myself personally with me and my family and then I took another you know 15 to 20 or 25 percent depending on what your percentage is and applied it into what I could control my job and I overachieved even better than I did the year before when I truly felt that I wasn't as stressed and I wasn't working as hard per se I was working more efficiently so I challenge all of you out there to assess your daily life and say how much of your time is spent worrying about somebody else's problem not what you have control over Assess that of time or percentage and, uh, you know, take it back and reallocate it. Well, you know what, Dave? I feel I'm blessed just to meet someone like you. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you something. Everything he said I agree with. As a matter of fact, I say to people, you'll be worried about all these things that you think are so earth-shaking, whether it's at your job or just, you know, in your family or your personal life, whatever. You'll think that's it. Oh, that is so important. But if this happens to you... It is amazing how you suddenly realize, whoa, let's put everything in perspective. Who cares about those things as much as who cares about living? I mean, it just totally puts everything in perspective. It it really does. But in addition, just as Dave said, it makes you appreciate every single day of your life. People are always shocked when I tell them, oh, I'm 57 years old. And they'll say, oh, doesn't that bother you? I said, no. What's the alternative? Whenever you almost die, yeah. it's amazing how you don't mind living. Right. And, and that is how I feel, and I agree with you 100% right. with your advice to everyone listening. And since this is so important, uh, if you're listening right now, Karen, 
yes. if someone's listening to the show and either today or later this week they want to make a donation to the American Heart Association of Western PA, how do they do that? Well, there are several ways that you can do that. Um, one way is just going through a memorial, um, and all of the information is on the website. Um, you can pay tribute by making a contribution to cardiovascular research and education in lieu of a gift, or you can just make a general uh, contribution. Um, you can attend a Go Red for Women luncheon. Um, you can participate, um, talk to a, your company, your team leader like Dave, and, and participate in the Heart Walk, attend the Heart, uh, heart Ball. Um, there are... are, are Millions of ways to contribute to the American Heart Association, and, and there is no small amount. Um, there's just there's no small amount. I was just listening to Dave, and, and quite frankly, I, I was writing a couple of notes and just wondering how can I, I use Dave's story, and, and I would, there are ways that I can uh, get him out there to, to tell, share his story. He's so articulate, and it's just, you know, we, we, we have so many survivors and, and volunteers, but um, very few can share their story as articulately as, as Dave did, and I'm just, I'm really excited to work more with you, Dave, just just wanted to throw that out there. But um, there are, are ways that you can uh, contribute to the American Heart Association, and the best way is to go on the website, and I keep driving people to the website. We have a wonderful, brand-new website, and it's very easy to navigate through, um, I spend hours sometimes just grabbing information on it just for my daily work. It's American or it's heart, H-E-A-R-T, dot org. And there are uh, panels right when you get to that website, um, tabs at the top, giving. Just go to the giving tab and it will explain to you um, what you need to, to contribute. Um, and, Karen, we do have a question that just came in. Okay. Um, and, and the question is, wow, it's fantastic what you're doing in Pittsburgh. How about if you live in another part of the United States, how do you get involved? Uh, we have the American Heart Association is throughout the country. Um, in fact, the website that I'm giving, um, heart.org, if you go to that website, it will automatically pop up to your um, local branch of the American Heart Association. So you can go anywhere and make sure you do and go to that website because, hey, we want everyone to get involved everywhere in the United States to continue to make a difference. Absolutely. Uh, so, Karen, we've talked about people making a donation, financial donation, and one thing Karen said I want to reemphasize, don't say, oh, I don't have hundreds of dollars to give. It doesn't matter what you give. It doesn't matter how small you give. It just matters that you give. If you have a lot, I expect you to give a lot. But if you don't have much and you want to give a little, everything counts. Isn't that right, Karen? Absolutely. There, there is no small amount. In fact, the stent that Dave was, was talking about, funding for that stent that saved his life was through donations. And it wasn't. We didn't turn away somebody who had a dollar that wanted to give, who wanted to buy um, a red dress pen. It, it was the the. It was through these donations. Um, my mother has a defibrillator pacemaker. She had that planted in um, a year ago. 
It saved her life. I mean, these donations are I have I'm so passionate about what I do. I, I, I almost hate to call it a job. I would do this for free and, and I'm serious about that. It's the the information, we have so much of it. So you know, I'm, that's why I keep trying to direct everybody to our website. We have so much great information to educate the community about, um, and there's so many ways that, that you can do your part. Um, you know, we have, you may walk into um, a store and there, we're selling hearts for a dollar. We'll purchase that. That money will go to research and, and the technology, uh, technical advances um, for the CPR guidelines. Um, uh, some of the things that we're doing um, in the schools to promote uh, healthy choices in schools, all that's driven by the donations from uh, people like you. And, well, and, and I'm happy too. to. Karen, you know, do you have a people that just volunteer to do work for you? There you go. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, again, going back to what I said earlier, volunteers are the lifeline of the American Heart Association. They're the ones who help us carry out the mission every single day. Um, we, have, we have volunteers that come in and stuff two, 3,000 envelopes that go out to people about the heart ball. We have volunteers that sit on committees um, to help us get out in full force throughout the community. Um, to spread awareness for um, Go Red for Women, which is our Women in Heart Disease Awareness Program. Um, we, have, we have volunteers. You can sit on a, a board. I mean, there are just a variety of ways that you can help. And it, it doesn't all have to be monetary either. Wow. But, again, it, if you go to um, heart.org, um, you'll, you'll get the information that you need. And I am putting we, – we have an 800 number. Um, but rather than do that, if somebody's really interested, I would be happy to direct them. Um, just call me. My area code is 412-702-1125. I'd be happy to help. Okay, and uh, then I'm going to tell you something. The next two questions are I've asked everyone for the past eight years who have been on the show, and it's always the hardest to answer. But, uh, Dave, I'll start with you. If, if you had to think of the greatest accomplishment in your life, what would it be? Yeah, I, I had to think about that one. But, you know, the, the first thing that always pops in the head because it's the most important, um, whether it's my greatest or, or not, that, that's a good question. But, of course, family. Um, you sit there and think about it. Um, trying to think how to put this in words again, my emotion. See, that, that's what makes you so good. We have this in common, Dave and I. Hard for me to give a talk and not get emotional, but I always say that's when I know people are the real deal. I was just exactly. with an admiral that gave me a coin to give my father, who was a World War II veteran, and when he handed it to me, I mean, I could barely, I could barely thank him. So I can relate to this, but go ahead, Dave. Well, I'm still trying to fight through that, but, uh, you know, uh, as I said, I was 34, uh, when I had my problem, uh, and so I was married with, with two young kids. Um, they were, uh, four and two at the time. And, uh, it's not, I don't want to say that, when, uh, when somebody goes through this, it's not you alone. 
rely on a lot of people. And uh, so my wife kept us afloat, um, and I appreciate that. Um, And then the other part, which uh, what I have to give her credit for, and again, we're going to celebrate 20 years this year, and my daughter Lauren is now 14, and my son Drew uh, we'll be 12, actually, next week. And uh, when I went through this time, and, you know, Lenita was so strong and supportive, I also, what I always say, you know, we always talk about the stages of mourning. Well, I think there are stages of, hey, I almost died. Um, mm-hmm. So there are stages that I think you have to go through. And I don't know about you, Joyce, but mm-hmm. I went through a pretty per- uh, pretty selfish stage Um right after that, where it was like, wow, I'm 34 years old, and I could be dead right now. I got a lot of things I need to do. I got a lot of, you know, uh, selfish goals that I want. And and so I ended up spending a lot of time doing what I wanted to do and uh, not necessarily what was probably the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, joined a country club, you know, golfed three days a week, you know, did all the different things I wanted to do, go play cards with my friends, you know, go out and have beverages, whatever it was, it kept me away from home. And, uh, uh, you know, my wife was so supportive over that, and, and I think she was very accepting for, for a long time, you know, sensing, and my wife's an RN also, so she's a nurse and understands. Uh, but, you know, she was very good about slowly putting little comments out there about, hey, you know what, you got a four-year-old and a two-year-old here, I, you know, hey, I'm all understanding of why you're acting this way, but, you know, you need to snap out of it. And uh, it was weird. I'd say, you know, it was probably, you know, I joined the country club, and there was one day I was sitting at the, at the club playing golf and, you know, hanging out with my friends, and and I got quiet, and, and uh, my friends were like, what's up? I says, uh, I'm going home. And they said, what are you doing? I said, I'm writing my resignation. They're like, what's up? I said, I just I just turned a stage. And uh invested that money, we bought a cabin, and now that's our weekend place for for us to go as a family. I must say that God really spoke to you. But what is your wife's first name? Lanita. Juanita? La with an L. Lanita. Lanita. Yeah. That's good you gave him the smackdown. <laughs> I see you woke him up with that. You know, I can relate to this. Mine was different. I was angry. Uh-huh. I said, why me? Why me? There's all these other bad people out there. Why me? And then one day it hit me, are, you know, are you forgetting I saved you, that you're alive? And just like you, there was a reason. There was a reason. And now look at you helping people you know, reaching out to help people. I mean, I think it's fantastic what you do. So I have to ask both of you. I'll ask you first, Dave. What message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, um, it's another good question because there's so many good things you can say, uh, especially about the Heart Association and getting involved. Uh, what I say is look around you right now, wherever you're at. If you're in the office, look at all your associates. If you're going to hang out with your family this weekend, look around at your family. If you're going to be at a, your child's sporting event or some other event or you're just out with friends, uh, just stop, pause, look around, and realize that 
probably 40% of those people that you're looking at right now are going to personally experience the pain or association of dealing with heart disease or, or stroke. Um, and, and just think about that and, and realize how personal this is and realize that if you support the Heart Association, you're supporting an organization that supports their number one killer. And I was clarified it used to be the number three killer, but I believe it's now the number four killer, and that is number one is, is heart disease uh, or, or heart attack, and number four is stroke. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've made strides in reducing mortality. Um, but it's not all good, and what I mean by that is there's still a lot of prevention needs to be done. Uh, if you look at the, the expenditures and, and, and uh, things that are going on, uh, we have not nipped this problem in the butt. All we did is figure out a better way of trying to treat people, uh, but we have not eliminated the disorder. So it's good that we went from number three to number four on stroke, and, and I, I want to throw out a shout there, as, as I mentioned, Joyce, at the, at the awards banquet, uh, we had recently lost a sister-in-law to uh, heart disease uh, about two weeks before the heart uh, awards ceremony. And uh, just last week, uh, my father-in-law had a stroke and uh, made it. He's in, in rehab right now. Oh, thank God. Great. Thank goodness. So That's what's his great. first name? His name is Richard Wright. Richard. Shout out to you from me also. Well, hey, how about you, Karen? What message would you like to leave? Well, I have been directing people to our website throughout the entire hour, and to hear Dave's story and the information that we've shared is, is so crucial. But you, you can't make anybody change their lifestyle. You know, you, you can't make anybody eat healthy or exercise or pay attention to their, their health. Um, but if you're a parent... And, you know, it, it's crucial for you to set an example for your, for your children, for your family, for your friends. We have a free online assessment, and it's called, it's called Life's Simple 7. And it will help you get uh, an assessment of your health. Um, and it's very simple. It's, it's personal, um, and it's confidential. You go to, again, heart.org my life check you will take this assessment and it it provides there's a there's a bunch of tools on on the website but it will provide um a printout for you to take to your doctor and talk to your doctor about your heart health and only you can can reassure yourself that you have good heart health only you can do that and um i just would like to leave that message and just get everybody to, to be in more heart healthy and heart aware. Well, I want to tell you what. I want to thank both of you for what you are doing to help Americans with their health. And I also want to inform you. Remember, Dave, you were saying about, oh, I feel I'm not worthy with all these people you've had. Very few shows have we gone without a break, and this is one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering where that was coming. Our theme at Bender for the year is leadership. Mm -hmm. And I just want to tell you, you are a great leader. We end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, and boy, does this fit. Listen to one of the words in this quote. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. 
You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need what? You only need a heart. Full of grace, a soul generated by love, said the great Martin Luther King Jr. And with that, we're going to close the show. I really want to thank you, Karen and Dave. Thank you so much for being with us and doing such a great job. And to all of you, see you next week. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice at voiceamerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.